This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. Uh, it's Thursday, 10 August, year of Lord 2023. We're going to start this 6 o'clock show kind of like we started the show this morning, although we started in Maui. We immediately went to, uh, after talking about the tragedy there, and uh, as I said, all the War Room Posse in Maui. Uh, we've had some contacts throughout the day. We want to make sure more of you check in to make sure everything's okay. Um, we went to Ukraine. Ben Harnwell and Oscar Blue Ramirez are over there. And I said that later in the day, we we're going to get uh, Darren Beatty, or we try to get Darren in the morning show and, and Ben Harnwell. Darren is actually going to try to join us tomorrow. We just had some scheduling problems. And the reason is, and this cuts to the heart of so many issues, massive exclo uh, it, 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 uh, expose last night over at the Intercept that got some what is called uh, ciphers or, or cables that went from the State Department uh, to other sources and, and broke a, a, um, a massive story about Imran Khan in Pakistan and the Biden regime. I want to bring in Ben Harnwell in Rome. Ben, when, when you sent that to me in, in the wee hours of the morning, uh, I said, this is very big. You go, I said, I think I said it's huge. You said it's bigger than huge. Because this gets to the, the diabolical phoniness of this regime and what they're, what they're really trying to accomplish. I want you to take our audience through because it's the first time I had to, to really deal with it. Walk us through what's going on. You know, we had Darren Beatty uh, interviewed Imran Khan. I think it was the last or next to last foreign journalist to interview him a couple of weeks ago. And then on the very phony charges, kind of the same thing that came up uh, with is coming up with President Trump. They found him guilty on some trumped up charges. They immediately, immediately sent the army to arrest him. He's now in a six by nine jail. Uh, and his crime is his crime is being a populist, is being a populist. And Imran Khan, Imran Khan is far from perfect. But when you hear the story that Ben Harnwell's about to walk you through, all of a sudden it will all become clear about exactly what's going on here. And while this Ukraine situation, there are a lot of secrets about this Ukraine situation that have to be exposed. Ben Harnwell from Rome, walk us through what happened uh, and what has the Biden regime been up to? Good evening, Steve. It's an astonishing story, and I take my hat off the intercept for putting this together, doing the, the groundwork, the hard slog of the actual research. Um, by the way, folks, I actually give about 25 euros um, a year to the intercept. It's one of, I, I mean, I, I check hundreds and hundreds of sources every week in order to bring you guys the best international analysis I can. Most of that coverage is free. We pay for some of it. The intercept, I actually pay for out of my own pocket. I think it, they're not they're not on our side. They're not nationalists. They're not populists by any stretch. But they're they're doing things that no one else will touch. And you would have thought this story, for example, 
would be all over the mainstream media if they were actually interested in conveying to you the truth. It's not. This is why I think The Intercept has done an exceptional job. So here's the story. Basically, in March last year, one month after Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, by the way, this is important. When that that invasion took place, the day that took place, 24th of, of, of February 2022, Imran Khan, the Prime Minister, the then Prime Minister of Pakistan, was, was flying over to Moscow for meetings. Um, a month after that took place, Donald Lu, who works at the State Department, and some of his colleagues called in Moscow's ambassador to the United States for a, a stripping down basically, in which that meeting, this is according to the, the secret cable, which the Intercept has now got its hands on. In that meeting, Donald Lu told the Pakistani ambassador that there was talk of a no-confidence motion in the works against Imran Khan, being pushed fundamentally by the military, um, and that America would look very, very benevolently they said everything will change if that, um, if that, uh, if all will be forgiven. All will, is the, the precise words. All will be forgiven if that, um, if that confident, no confidence motion goes through. Um, if it doesn't go through, Pakistan can look forward to be increasingly isolated. Steve, you mentioned in your introduction that his his crime, Imran Khan's crime, is being a populist. That's absolutely true. In this context, the thing that really got up the U.S. State Department's goat is what that he was pursuing. Pakistan was pursuing under Imran Khan's leadership, and I quote Steve, an aggressively neutral policy stance with regards to Ukraine. That is what that is precisely what this is about. Now, we, we know because we've, we've covered this quite a bit that uh, President Zelensky has, uh, a couple of months ago, postponed the parliamentary elections in the autumn and the presidential elections next spring. Before that, you could just about, superficially, publicly, the West could do this, could make an argument that this was fundamentally about preserving democracy and the rule of law in, in, in a small country with a larger neighbour. When you, look, when you pull back the curtain, Steve, and find what the United States was doing in Pakistan, even that threadbare justification dissolves into the cant that it is. Because what the United States has done, what it has succeeded in doing, is removing a democratically elected prime minister, and as you were saying, having thrown into jail simply because he was pursuing an aggressively neutral response with regards to Ukraine, as was, in fact as Imran himself pointed out, as, as did his ambassador, um, as did India. Both of these countries abstained the vote, if you remember, in the United Nations condemning Russia's invasion. Both of these nations abstained. India, because of the wider China situation, has been treated with, uh, with kid gloves. Pakistan has, uh, has suffered effect, what is, to all intents and purposes, regime change. Um, now, all other things being equal, one could sort of, sort of understand what what the State Department is doing here, because Imran Khan, you know, in the grander picture, well, was very much a supporter of, uh, or had become a supporter of of the, um, the 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 Islamic sphere of politics. 
in Pakistan. He was he came to office via support of the military. Then he started he left that support and tacked tried to support tried to find his own power base, his own popular power base with the people, uh, and tacked a, a very hard line, sort of a Sharia law friendly um, line. The military in Pakistan, as it is to some extent also in Turkey, is a very secularizing force. So ordinarily, ordinarily one could understand what the great what the greatest strategy might be on behalf of the United States there. However, in the application of this, it has nothing to do with that. Has nothing to do with the war of terror. Has nothing to do with tampering down the the the, the burgeoning Islamic presence in Pakistan. This all has everything to do with with Imran Khan just wanting you know this is this is what this is what um, this is what they said this is what the Pakistani said this is what he said this is what his ambassador said he said we have friends with China we have friends with Russia we're we're friends with um with um with, with the United States you know we don't you know we don't have we don't seek to have uh, any sort of personal interest here we just want to maintain a pol- an open policy of friendship with all nations that wasn't good enough for the state department and one month after that meeting took place there was this no confidence vote which imran khan lost and then out of power and um, this 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 cipher there's this secret cable that he that imran khan himself was waving about publicly disappeared it, according to the Intercept article. It, it assumed a, a, a mythical status. Um, you know, in various people um, who uh, two journalists who were friends with uh, collaborators with Imran Khan who were trying to chase this down. One of them was was shot dead. The other one was arrested at the airport and has not been heard from since. So there are very few people left beyond Imran Khan himself who would be able to say what was in this this cable. And now. Thanks to the, the Intercept's sterling journalist journalistic work, they, they, they've published the text of this along with their article. The link to this article I will put, as always, in the, the video description um, that accompanies this segment on, on Rumble. But it's very interesting, Steve, pulling back the curtain just to see the, how desperate, how absolutely desperate the United States was to bully other nations into supporting its policy with regards to Ukraine, even going as far as regime I want to, change. Yeah. No, no, here's, okay, there's two, because remember, democracies, everything for them, that's why we're in Ukraine. That's why we've shipped over $100 billion over there. Two democracies, the thing about democracy, sometimes you have to accept when uh, people vote against uh, what you support. There's two situations here back in 2014 that started this entire thing. The Maden uh, revolution. I'm not saying that the guy that was in charge and had Zelensky's job was a good guy. He wasn't a good guy. He was a puppet of Putin. Okay. Or close association with Putin. But he was elected in an election that kind of passed enough muster that he took office. But he was removed when Victoria Nuland and the other operatives over there at the globalist uh, State Department and Defense Department and the national security apparatus wanted them wanted him removed. This is a second situation. Here's the thing, I think, and I think you're going to start to see now that they pick the scab on this. When, you know, and I was put in charge in that first year in the administration of getting us out of Afghanistan and we had a plan to do it. 
And that was kind of overruled, and they were able to convince President Trump, let's continue on and try this thing, a path. But his uh, his uh, his inner circle that was most America first said, we got to get out of this mess, and the military has no solution for this, and there's a way that we can get out and still keep enough people there to kill the terrorists. Um, but the big problem in Afghanistan has always been Pakistan. And the big problem in Pakistan is we've been shoveling tens of billions of dollars into Pakistan since uh, since the beginning, since uh, 9-11. Why? Oh, that was going to be the great ally that was going to help us out. And this, it, it couldn't be farther from the truth. This is where all the, the terrorists would go to the Pashtun areas in Pakistan and hide out. Because remember, that tribal thing, the, 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 the line of demarcation between Afghanistan and Pakistan is just a line on a map. It's not the way the region works. We've been shoveling tens of billions of dollars over there, in, essentially in perpetuity or for, for decades and decades and decades. And ISI, the intelligence services, and the military, and we don't really know in what regard who has the dominant role, but they kind of run the deal. And this very much looks like administrative state to administrative state. Hey, we'll just get rid of the democratically elected government. This shows you... I think puts in high relief the whole phoniness. Remember, the whole pitch of uh, of the Biden regime is you're in you're in Ukraine. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. We're, and this is what's being sold in the capitals of Europe. I think to the people, you're in Ukraine because you're defending democracy. And here we see, hey, if you're not with the program, we'll deal with the military and ISI that really run the country to throw out the 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 the, uh, the kind of false makeup we have on the front of it. Just get rid of it. And, and have people on our on our on our on our team. Doesn't this show the total hypocrisy of this of this of our policy in Ukraine, sir? It certainly does, Stephen. You're very right to, to roll back the time a little bit and, and have a look at the past of um, the U.S.'s involvement with Pakistan. You'll remember when um, the head of the military, um, Pervez Musharraf, were, was uh, his plane was about to be uh, they blocked the the government had blocked. The, um, the airports, they wouldn't let his plane land uh, in order, in order to, to, to effectively assassinate him. Um, this was when the, the government there in Pakistan was, was run by um, Nawaz Sharif, right? Who, who's basically responsible, I think, 15 years on for the, for, for the sorry state that Pakistan is in now. Um, and what that forced the army to do is the army then went in, took control of the airports so that its, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's effective uh, commander was able to land his plane. That set in motion a military coup that over, over through um, where, when Musharraf became prime minister, overthrew the Nawish, very corrupt Nawish, Nawish Sharif regime. And what did the United States do? Now, this guy, Musharraf, was an ally of the United States on the war of terror. I mentioned before how the military was traditionally, like in Turkey, a very secularizing um, force. Um, what did the United States do? In the end, they pulled the, they pulled the rug on um, Musharraf. On the basis of what? That he was a military dictator. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about the, 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 the State Department's run of hypocrisy, that is absolutely correct. Because then it was convenient to pull the, the, the rug on what was actually quite a modernizing and, um, and uncorrupt regime for Pakistan. The State Department pulled the rug on that, brought back um, uh, Nawaz Sharif, who was, as I say, just hand over fist in, in terms of grifting, set in, set in motion the, the escalating Islamic 
uh, fabric of, of Pakistan, which the military to some extent had kept in check. Um, and they overthrew this guy on the basis that, that, that the military ought to be removed from, from civilian life. Now, what the State Department has done, has done the very opposite of that. They've taken, they, they've taken down, for now, a civilian leadership who had tried to, to leave the grasp of the military and form his own civilian basis, his leadership power base with the people rather than the military. The military that, you know, realising that he was escaping from their control, that they really wanted him gone. And the, and the State Department comes in um, and, and supports effectively the military rather than the civilian government. Um, and this time the difference is not the war on terror um, or, 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 or ideals of democracy. It is the, the, the fact that defines everything on the world stage for America right now. It's Ukraine. Um, because, of course, why? Because Biden is so politically and personally invested now um, in, in this war that uh, he's thrown all of the resources of the United States military, all of its all of its munitions that it had. You know, he said somewhat recklessly that, that the reason they were giving these cluster bombs that, that are illegal in like 120 countries to Ukraine, which they didn't have any, any ordinary uh, munitions left, they, 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 they'd run out. So Biden has gone in so hard on Ukraine. He's brought America to, to this situation with the sanctions policy and, and then the, the punitive uh, bullying uh, that Jake Sullivan was doing on other countries. It's given a second wind to the BRICS momentum. So they're going to form a gold-backed currency that will, for them, hopefully take down the dollar. All of this is Biden's direct personal um, impetus Um and, you know, again, it shows, as you said, to use, use, to use your word okay, in, in but, your but, introduction. Yeah, okay. It's hypocrisy. I, by the way, by the way, that, that, that's what's hypocrisy we, we have to assume is in politics. It's, but it's deeper and uh, more dangerous for the American people than this. You just did a great litany of everything, including the, the BRICS situation. And we're going to get to that in a moment with the birch goal and how you can get more information about this. Because you're right, this is one of the initiatives driving that. And also the massive deficits, part of which is this funding to $100 billion a year plus of of Ukraine. But to the nub of it, they're so far invested. Victoria Newland and them are so far invested. Ben Harner will tell you, people on the streets of Kiev right now are saying, you know, Biden's weak. They're very nervous where they're hearing that the CNN poll that the United States is, is the American people are now 55, 45, and Republicans are 79% against sending one more penny. Zelensky, and I think the Washington Post has finally picked it up. There's there's more coverage today. What the war has been telling you that everything you've been hearing about the spring offensive, all the big hype, all the big buildup ain't happening. And one of the reasons that the spring offensive has stopped, essentially, or most of it stopped along that 600 mile front, is that local commanders in the field just don't want to send their kids into the killing field anymore because they're being chopped up. I mean, this is this is brutal, and it's kind of one-sided right now. Uh, ben, Zelensky's regime has got to be very nervous. They understand if the money gets cut off from the United States, they're, they're, they're going to get overthrown by the Ukrainian people. But they've got to be quite concerned now about their own removal by, you know, because Biden and these guys, once they're done with you, they're done with you. Where do you think we stand? And particularly, the, the and I don't know if it's getting into the papers of Europe, but right now in the United States, and I think it's because of the briefing of the Democratic congressman that went over there where they had to kind of get these guys were asking tough questions because 
the Democratic Party is so invested in this. And they're the first ones that leaked it that said, hey, we, we started getting real military uh, presentations and uh, this thing's not going well. Ben Harnwell. Steve, I'm glad you mentioned that article um, in the CIA's daily morning bulletin, otherwise known as the Washington Post. This has the headline, Slow, <laughs> slow Counteroffensive Darkens Mood in Ukraine. I'll put that link uh, along with the, all of the others. Um, for, for the posse to get hold of that and read that article. But it's exactly as, as you're saying, this is mood music now. There's more than mood music. It, this is, this is the, the turning on a dime, pivoting now of being all in in terms of the propaganda to basically saying they, this, uh, this, this counteroffensive is dead in the water and it's not going forward. And if that is the case, if this counteroffensive doesn't go forward, then as you're saying, all of the other, all the other momentum, if one can call it that, in support of Ukraine, um, it's going to, to radically change the dynamic of this war. Not, not, as you say, not only in Ukraine, but also in the West. That's financing it. To that point, there's continued talk now about how um, the Biden regime is going to get this extra 10 or $12 billion. It hasn't decided how much it wants yet in order to send through to Ukraine. And it also adds, adding on the ride, also perhaps Taiwan as well, um, this is going to be very, very, over the next few months, it's going to be very, very interesting to see if the administration can get this money. And um, there's talk about uh, in, in the autumn about some c continuing resolution. Um, uh, I, I don't know. But the, as you'll see, for the reason that you just said, getting more money now, this is now lifeblood for, for Ukraine. Um, they would almost certainly go to the negotiating table uh, at, at this point um, if the money were to stop. Um, and of course, Biden can't afford that. Um, having, you know, having the American people, the Ukrainian people, the, the, the rest of the, well, the Western allies having all sacrificed so much, um, Biden would, would, would obviously be, and, and I, I know you say you know, it's moot because he's not going to be the candidate next November, but under the, until, he, until he announces that, uh, that, that is the dynamic. Uh, so this, the progress of, of this, uh, no, I, and I think uh, there's no doubt that the Senate w w will acquiesce. The, the issue is whether 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 uh, there'll be enough support in the house to, to give another twelve billion and um, Ukraine. That I think is oh, no. where all this eyes is gonna be a fight. will turn. This yeah. is going to be this is going to be a, this is going to be a massive fight, uh, Ben. And by the way, I'm going to give you the other side of that. When they're pushing twelve billion, and the Washington Post says this today, <laughs> the, the, the amount they're sending to Taiwan, which is absolutely vital to the economic well-being of the United States, uh, I think three hundred forty-six million. I'm not making this up. We're going to get there's going to be there's going to no, it's such it's just it's just. But that's how they're going to try to justify. Well, we got Taiwan dollars in there, too. You can't turn this down. We got Taiwan money. Uh, ben, how do people get you? Your coverage has been amazing on this as usual. How do they get Thank to you? Thank you so much, Steve. Um, Warroom.org. Um, go to go to the go to the Warroom channel on Rumble um, or come to me directly on Getter. Uh, simply my surname, Harnwell at Harnwell. And you'll find my analysis and all the links to the articles posted there. Thanks so much, Steve. God bless. Perfect. Okay, now we're going to pivot. We're going to go, we're going to connect Taiwan, the Chinese economy, and I think if we can do it, pull together some connections, maybe even to the DeSantis campaign and what's happening in this in this this phony primary that the Murdochs are running. Let me go to Dr. Bradley Thayer. Dr. Thayer, you just heard the report on, uh, on Ukraine and the mood music, you know, the Washington Post has got this uh, story today. Hey, the lack of, uh, you know, the lack of military uh, advancement has got Kiev and Washington in a very dark mood because 
Biden's got to figure out how to push this uh, $12 billion package through a house that's a MAGA house right now. And, the you know, the Republican Party doesn't want to hear any more about it. And I can tell you, in, even in Iowa, I think the polling's like 70% of the people said, no, we've had enough of this. It's one of the reasons Nikki Haley's people fail to get traction. In that package, I think they're talking about $300 million for Taiwan. You've got a magnificent article up, I think, on The Messenger. You break down into like four component pieces why Taiwan's absolutely, absolutely the essential. The defense of Taiwan's essential to the well-being of the United States of America. we got a couple of minutes on this side. I'm going to hold you over. Go ahead and start. Walk me through your theory of the case. Oh, sure, Steve, and, and thanks for having me on. Um, Taiwan is essential for American security uh, for four major reasons. One, and first, as you noted, uh, the economic importance of it. Taiwan is a burgeoning economy, but it's also a chip-making superpower. Uh, and so our economy, the U.S. economy, as well as our, our major allies, heavily depends on Taiwanese chip production. Second, geopolitically, Taiwan occupies critical geopolitical space for defensive operations as well as offensive operations, should it come to it, against China, and including uh, intelligence operations, right? It's a, an island off of the shore, kind of an unsinkable aircraft carrier uh, off of uh, the PRC's uh, shore. Uh, and so it occupies critical real estate for bottling up uh, the uh, uh, People's Liberation Army Navy uh, and for serving as uh, a key outpost uh, for the United States and its allies, should it so choose. Thirdly, political warfare. Taiwan shows what China might have been and someday might again be, and that is uh, a vibrant democracy. Taiwan is uh, a wonderful illustration of how uh, the Chinese people can forge democratic government and live under de uh, democratic uh, values and principles without the tyranny of the Chinese uh, Communist Party. And then fourth, uh, China, uh, Taiwan is absolutely essential for uh, the uh, establishment of American credibility uh, in the region. The Japanese, Australians are looking to the, the Filipinos are looking to the United States for leadership uh, to balance against China. And sadly, they're not seeing it from the Biden administration. Taiwan yeah. is a critical. Yeah. Just hang on for one second. I want to get into more of this, by the way. It's up on a site called The Messenger. It's one of the ones I recommend you go check out every day. It's got a lot of uh, great news coverage. It's got a, you know, it's it's not MAGA, but it's not too shabby. Go check it out. Dr. Thayer is going to join us on the other side. By the way, breaking news, they're adding $13 billion of disaster relief to the $12 billion of Ukraine. No games here. Back in a moment. We are days away from the Durban Accords, the greatest threat to the United States dollar's global dominance in the past 80 years. On August 22nd, BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international supercurrency fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long-term plan to supplant the United States and the dollar as the cornerstones of the global financial system. 
How can you protect your IRA or 401k from the fallout from this landmark announcement? Diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which is right now. Get a free info kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. Text the word Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. This is a monumental shift happening among nations that control one-third of the world's GDP. And it kicks off on August 22nd. Arm yourself with information to protect your retirement savings. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to the number 989898 and claim your free information kit from Birch Gold. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Okay, imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says, and I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens better health promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take Field of Greens. Look, Field of Greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room But they can promise, at your next checkup, your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Bannon and get the better health promise. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Um, 
as we said, there's breaking news. There's now been a release or a leak about what this package is going to be. And we, I just said before the break, it's an old DC game. It's the 12 billion for Ukraine. Think about that for a second. <laughs> I'm not making this up. We've given, what, $150 billion? Just to put it in perspective, when we're back and you're going to have all this big fight over the appropriations, you know, and McCarthy's will say, and all those people that voted for the, for the $15 trillion, the 6.8 and the 6.8 for two years and the $4 to $5 trillion deficit, that crowd, remember, remember what their defense was. Whoa, hold on, hang on, Steve, hang on, Bannon, hang on, Warren, blah, 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 calm down. We got the appropriations process. It's all crap because they've got kind of the template. And even those guys are talking about it like a 22 number. The federal government's expansion has expanded. The Leviathan expanded 40% from 2019, the golden year of the Trump administration, 40%. So we're not even going back to the pre-2019 number. But consistently we said, these are all games. The hundred billion, the difference, the bid in the ass, quite frankly, of all this appropriation thing, I'll just cut to it. When you really look at what they're talking about and not what the smoke, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to cut all these three. What they're really talking about is $100 billion difference. That's the bid and the ask. The $100 billion. $100 billion. On a $6.8 trillion total budget. Of which, and you heard it here first, and I know it gets repetitious, but we got to do it because we got to burn it into the opposition's brain. We told you it was going to be a trillion and a half to two trillion dollar deficit that we have to print money print money to finance. They're, 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 not in, they're not in Durban because they want to be in Durban, South Africa, okay, in August. They're in Durban for a reason, that we've destroyed the purchasing power of the United States, the fiat currency that is the U.S. dollar. Go to Birch Gold, slash Bandit, make sure you get the pricey so you get to know the nomenclature and the structure of what we're talking about. This thing in Durban... Even if they don't come up with a perfect currency as an alternative, the drive is de-dollarization. The reason is they know our elites are irresponsible. And they also know, let's embrace this, that MAGA ain't got them cornered yet. We're, 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 we got what we got and we're doing a good job, but it's not perfect, $100 billion. This is why up in your freaking face, where all that BS they told us about the spring offensive and the tanks and the Bradley fighting vehicles and the leopard tanks with the, with the iron crosses on the side and all the people freaking out, all of that. The only thing they've accomplished in Ukraine is killing more brave, virtuous, courageous Ukrainian young men and civilians. That's what they've accomplished. And so in the field, with these horrific casualties, they're starting to see that regression casualties. They're saying, oh, no, no more, no more. In that $12 billion, here's what they've done. They've slapped $13 billion of disaster relief, like for Maui, like for the Western Forest Fires, like for the flood in Vermont, other things that have these natural occurrences. Oh, yeah, it's climate change. These natural things that happen as the, with the turning of the earth. They've slapped that together. So now if you don't vote for the 12 billion, if you vote against it, the 13 billion, the people, the dead of Maui are not going to get buried. The town's not going to be rebuilt. But in all of that, as Dr. Bradley Thayer has broken down in this really succinct yet quite smart piece 
in the messenger and messenger, which is new news site. That's been created. He walks you through the four reasons. Tucked in there. Three hundred forty six million dollars for Taiwan. Which is absolutely an essential part of the American economy. That we just can't wish away and say, oh, we're just going to go build these uh, advanced chip factories in uh, in Phoenix. You're just not going to wave one. That's just not going to happen. Oh, by the way, it's against our the existential threat to our nation, the Chinese Communist Party. Dr. Thayer, 12 billion. And this is on top of 100 and some billion we've given already. 12 billion versus 346. Does that show the geopolitical boy? If I ever wanted to think that Joe Biden might be compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, would this be a pretty good indication that I'm going to throw a tip to Taiwan while, while I'm going to uh, pay billions more in tribute to the Zelensky uh, junta in uh, Ukraine, sir? It's outrageous, uh, Steve. Um, Taiwan is a strategic interest of the United States. Xi Jinping is going to evade, attack Taiwan. This is the time today. This is the time to do everything we can to deter that attack. That means flowing resources to Taiwan, not to Ukraine, but to Taiwan, and treating Taiwan the way we, we treated the central front of NATO during the Cold War on the inter-German border, border between West Germany and Czechoslovakia. It was everything. That was the pivot. That's where the war was going to come, and that's where deterrence had to stand. This is what we need to need to do now. Taiwan has to become the central front. You're seeing Xi Jinping's aggression against the Philippines, where he's evicting, attempting to evict the Filipinos from their territory on Second Thomas Shoal. You see his designs on Japan, and you see his designs on us, right, fundamentally. So this is the central front. This is a Munich moment for the United States and the window is rapidly closing where we could take measures to deter the attack. Once the attack comes, we're in war fighting, right? That's where we're fighting really World War III uh, against uh, the Chinese Communist Party. We want to deter that. Okay. And now is the time to do it. Let me, let me, the, Bradley Thayer, you need to listen to Thayer and Frank Gaffney and the people of the Committee on the Present Danger because everything they've been saying is true and we know this. And now Biden, these guys, because we expose what they're doing at uh, at um, Sequoia Capital and all of it. And now Axios has got a big story out this morning. I don't have time to go through it today. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow that says, hey, by the way, it's just not the capital. It's the expertise and technology. What have we said from day one on? Let me pick some random things. Oh, quantum computing, advanced chip design and artificial intelligence. Mark my words. I was born in a Navy town. Ocean View, Virginia, outside the greatest naval base in mankind's history, the Norfolk Navy base, the Norfolk, the NOB, Norfolk, the Naval Operating Base at Norfolk. What Bradley Thayer is telling you, if you think the United States people have been rattled by Afghanistan, the retreat there, or what this disaster in Iraq, or what happened in Vietnam, or what's happening on the southern border, or what's happening in this transgender ideology, let me tell you what you're not prepared for. And that is a carrier battle group. At the bottom of the Straits of Taiwan. And mark my word. If this is not dealt with now. If we do not deal with this now. Deal with this now. Understand this. 
in the defense of Taiwan, we are gambling 10 to 12,000 young men and women, sailors, in a carrier, cruisers, destroyers, a ballistic missile, a, a fast attack submarines, the whole caboodle right there, a, a entire carrier battle group that she and the Chinese are figuring out every day how they're going to take that out and send it to the bottom of the Straits of Taiwan. And that will happen unless we stop this madness in Ukraine and shift every piece of available resources to Taiwan. If James Comer, I'm going to play Comer here in a second. In fact, let's get this up. If Comer and these guys are saying, well, what's the motivation? What did he do? I'll tell you what he did. He was in charge. Joe Biden was put in charge of the pivot to Asia under President Obama. Remember, Obama ran as a populist anti-war Democrat. That's how he beat Hillary Clinton. And the establishment said, hey, we're going to need somebody to babysit this guy because he might actually believe what he says. And who they put there? They selected Joe Biden because of his 30 years of of mismanaging and making bad decisions decisions on the Senate foreign relations. He was put in charge by the Obama administration for the pivot to Asia at a CENCOM. We understand the rising power of China. We got to do it. You know what he accomplished besides setting up Hunter and all these business deals and all the flights he took on Air Force Two and all the secret meetings that Joe Biden said had 27 hours with Xi had more than anybody. You know what the United States accomplished in their entire thing? When we took over the watch, when we relieved the watch in January 2025, in that total transition, you know what they had done? I'm sitting there, saying, I said, fill up the room. I want to see every document, every proposal, every email, every meeting. I want to see the pivot to Asia. I know it's got to be something magnificent. Let me see. They took one Marine brigade and four deployed it to Darwin, Australia. That's it. Full stop. The United States Navy couldn't even do, uh, couldn't even navigate, couldn't even go through the South China Sea and the Straits of Taiwan anymore like a Navy should. Radar up, guns up. To show you that we're actually a fighting unit. We had to go through in safe navigation. Like little teeny sheep. That's Joe Biden. That's Joe Biden selling out his country. And write this down. When those ten to 12,000 sailors at the bottom of the Straits of Taiwan. The blood is on the hands of Joe Biden. Hunter and the entire crime family. And every Democrat that's done this. And every penny we sent to Ukraine. Every penny. Let's go ahead and play Comer's. Let's hear Comer this morning. Going to subpoena Hunter Biden. Yeah, this is always going to end with the Bidens uh, coming in front of the committee. Uh, we are going to subpoena the family. I mean, we're putting the case together to win in court. Obviously, with all the opposition and obstruction we're getting from the Biden attorneys now, uh, we know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Biden. So we're putting together a case. And I think we've done that very well. We've shown the bank records. If I had subpoenaed Joe and Hunter Biden the first day I became chairman of the committee, it would have been tied up in court and the judge would have eventually thrown it out because at that time the narrative was, well, they never took any money while he was vice president. He never had any communication with his business associates. And, uh, you know, the, the, the money never came from China. We've had to go every step of the way and prove the media narrative was wrong and the vice president and the, and the current president lied. We have caught Joe Biden in so many lies, I can't even count the number of lies now. So we have put together a case that I think would uh, stand up in any court of law in America, and we hope to hear from the Biden soon. But I wish the media would ask the president, 
what exactly did your family do to receive this $21 million that the House Oversight Committee has, has proven? He just continues to say, well, that's a lie. That's not true. We have their bank records, Maria. Bank records don't lie. Congressman, when are you expecting to subpoena Joe and Hunter Biden? Well, we want to talk to about three or four more associates first. Uh, we've been communicating with a couple of them. Uh, we're trying to bring them in just like we did Devin Archer for a transcribed interview. Uh, if they don't come in voluntarily, then they'll be subpoenaed. So uh, this is taking a, a lot longer. But if you look at uh, how the special counsel, Durham or other special counsels uh, conducted investigations, I think our committee is going a whole lot faster than any other congressional committee in history and any other special counsel. Yeah. This is a complicated case, and we're being obstructed every step of the way by the Department of Justice, by the FBI, by the Secret Service, by the IRS, and by the Biden family attorneys. Wow. But that's not stopping us. We continue to produce evidence about every two weeks. Well, we, we would not. Uh, I got Dave Brad up. Let me go to Bradley Thayer. I'm going to go right to Dave Brad in a second. Thayer, how humiliating is that right there, sir? It's outrageous. This is far more important than Joe Biden. This is American security, and this is World War III. Uh, that we're discussing. And the Biden administration refuses to take Taiwanese security and the, the demands that it requires and the risks that we're going to have to incur, they simply dismiss it. Instead, as they modified the Duchess of Windsor, she said you could never be too rich or too thin, right? Or you could never give too much to Ukraine, the Biden administration would add. And uh, that is, we're going to rule the day and we're going to rule it very soon. Uh, because Xi Jinping is determined to conduct this invasion. And we have, again, only a narrow window to have any attempt to deter the attack. And deterrent is far better than war fighting, right? It's far better than going to war, having that Do attack and engaging in, as Dr. you described, Thayer, hang Steve. Yeah. yeah hang, hang on for one second. Let me get Brad in here for a minute. Uh, Brad. You've got a reason. Tell me about tell me about your assessment. He's uh, she besides wanting it and wanting unification has got to change the narrative in China. Walk me through that day, Brett. Yeah, well, uh, China is imploding, as Thayer uh, has reported on uh, as well, uh, in many ways. They, they are experiencing a bubble uh, most disastrous today. Uh, they have 20% of their uh, young males unemployed, uh, and so they've got a problem. They, they were trying to move toward a consumption economy from a government-coerced investment uh, strategy, right? They, they invested 40% of their people's, uh, you know, GDP. They just took it from the people and invested it in, you know, uh, skyscrapers, bullet trains, et cetera. Well, all those easy investments are now over. So she's in a real problem. He's got a demographic problem. That's probably the number one thing that kicks in in five to 10 years. And most analysts say it, they're, they're in deep trouble. Uh, so as a result of all this, he's turned inward. Uh, he went to complete Marxist-Leninist uh, terminology in his last uh, CCP meetings. Uh, and he's dead serious on that, right? They got rid of all the Chinese uh, lingo, all the peace and harmony, went to a war footing. And uh, the United States, uh, we don't see any reporting or news on, on this major turn of our uh, chief competitor that's declared they're, they're at war against us. And so I've been listening in and, and now is the time 
Uh, but we'll see whether the uh, you know the House Foreign Service Committee, the Senate, uh, pays it, any attention yeah. and takes the tough steps they have to. But, Dave, we got to bounce, but I got a question I got to ask you because you're up on the hill. This battle over this supplemental for Ukraine and focusing the nation that the resources we spend this have to be shifted immediately to Taiwan, or we're going to bring on a shooting war. How big a deal is that going to be when they get back in September? I don't think it'll be as big of a deal. They're, you know, they're going to be dealing with appropriations and all the politics there, and we've already caved on all of that. And the idea that they're going to stand up uh, to the defense folks, uh, I don't, I haven't seen any evidence of that. Uh, but the American people, this show, uh, the folks that watch this show, are really putting in Herculean efforts, and they're contacting the the congressmen and women and the senators, and that that could play the difference. So everyone here needs to communicate. Uh, we're we're sick of sending our money over for uh, the, the the killing grounds that kill young Christian men, Ukrainians. Uh, we're fed up with it. It's it's got to end now. Uh, we need to start aiming our our resources and our analysis and our news pieces, especially to educate the American people on what China's up to. And there's all sorts of reports of you know, tens of yeah. millions of dollars now uh, from the CCP and our K to 12 educational system. And, uh, you know, and Rubio is calling for, you know, Justice, to, Justice Department to weigh in on all that. So that that's promising. Perfect. Dave, uh, Brett, where do people go to get all your analysis? I know you're putting up stuff all the time on the economic side. Where do they go? Yep. Brett, economics on Getter. Uh, the inflation piece today is not a huge story, but over a year it's been going down and all of a sudden it pulled a little U-turn. So we're going to wait to see what the uh, wage wage inflation looks like, and that'll be the upcoming story, probably. The vice the vice provost over at uh, Liberty. Thank you very much, Dave. I know you're on watch on this thing. You Dr. Thayer, where do people go to get this article at the Messenger? Your other writing, sir. Uh, Center for Security Policy dot org or uh, on Truth and Getter uh, at Bradley Fair, uh, Steve and. Thanks for calling attention to this issue. We're heading to war, and G's putting the big pieces in place right now. Uh, we're seeing it right before our eyes, and this is happening. We've changed the American people's thinking on Ukraine. We've changed it on the CCP, and we're going to drive this home. All resources must be shifted out of Ukraine, immediately go to Taiwan. Okay, we're going to end with a tribute, a special tribute. We've got Jerry Garcia died very close a friend of, of robbie robinson he died within a week 28 years ago i think it was of robbie robinson just passing away so we're gonna do the night they drove old dixie down this is the jerry garcia rendition the cover of robbie robinson's great song we're gonna leave you we'll be back here at 10 a.m live tomorrow morning like my brother before me I took a rebel stand Just a
veterans, you know, we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 